Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello, and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. Actually, kind of a nice day. I have no idea what the weather report is exactly, but did you notice I'm not wearing a coat, Eric? Yes. No coat. I do have a turtleneck on, tights and boots, but no coat, so it's not that cold. We've we've been lucky. We've had a very nice February. Very oh, nice. It's beautiful. In fact, the crocuses are coming up, the daffodils. I'm going to have about 200 tulips popping up in my backyard any moment. I'm. It's really quite gorgeous. So it is a gorgeous day in Seattle. We hope, as always, that it's a beautiful day wherever you are in the world, no matter what time of day it is, too. If it's 3 o'clock in the morning, yahoo! Um, it's noon here in Seattle, and it's Thursday, so I'm interviewing a guest. Um, one of the great things that I love about now being a kind of sort of almost published author from Sounds True myself, um, my book, um, the actual release date is March 1st, but I understand that people will be getting some of theirs who pre-ordered theirs in the mail any day as I got mine on Valentine's Day. What a lovely gift from the universe. Uh, I get introduced to even authors, you know, because of Sounds True, I get all kinds of people from the publicist section of Sounds True sending me names of authors and their books, which is um, how I like to interview people. I love to read their books. And of course, all of you who listen to the show know much how, how much I love energy medicine. And so today I get to interview William Bingston. He likes to go by Bill. Uh, he is a sociologist, a professor actually, still teaching in, uni- in the university. And he wrote a beautiful book called The Energy Cure, Unraveling the Mystery of Hands-On Healing. Um, and Mr. Bingston is a professor, like I said, at St. Joseph- Joseph's College in New York and the president of the Society for Scientific Exploration and International Group of Scientists who Study Emoralities. His areas of specialization include research methods and statistics for, ever, for the last 25 years. He's also been doing research into anomalies, healing, and has numerous publications in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, and Explore. In addition, he has lectured widely throughout the United States and Europe. His research has produced the first successful full cures of transplanted mammary cancer, sarcomas, and experimental mice. That is amazing. By laying on of hands techniques that he helped to develop. That's so exciting. He has also investigated assorted correlations of healing, including geometric um, micropulsations and EEG harmonics. He's recently published the book that I'm holding right now, The Energy Cure by Sounds True, along with a six-CD set, Hands-On Healing, a training course in The Energy Cure, which describes his healing technique. So welcome, William, to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. So you're actually in New York. I'm in New York right now. Oh, lovely. And are Your you... weather sounds better than ours. <laughs> What's it like there? It's kind of skeevy and cloudy and drizzly, and uh, we're having Seattle weather right now. <laughs> I, I'd say we're, we are having uh, Seattle weather right now, too, so it's <laughs> probably pretty accurate. Probably yeah. pretty accurate. So I inter- um, introduced Bernie Siegel recently on the radio, and he, he and I talked about you off-air, and I noticed that he wrote a little bit about your book as well. So do you guys actually know each other? Are you friends? Uh, well, 
I, I've, I've met him, and uh, uh, we've had a bunch of conversations. I've been on his radio program and such, and he's obviously a pioneer in all of this, and he's just a, he's a wonderful man. He is. He's so more... I'd like to think of him as a friend. Yeah, I'm sure he would agree. But that's what I felt when I was reading it. I'm like, oh, and there's Bernie. How nice. How lovely. Yeah. So you kind of started your exploration into energy medicine, which is what the book is about. It's really beautiful and exciting and I think offers a lot of hope and interest for other people, and, and then again establishes what some of us, like you and I and other people who have worked in the field of energy medicine, that we believe and know that this modality is true and effective and long-lasting and actually can have permanent results, which is, of course, fam- fascinating. But you had just graduated from college, your BA in sociology, and you ran into someone kind of on a fluke. If I remember the story well, you were uh, a lifeguard, I believe. Yep. And someone told you about a man who was on the beach not as a lifeguard, but he was kind of hanging out, I guess. And yep. someone told you he was a psychic, and you got curious and went over to chat with him. Yeah, I had never met a psychic before. And uh, I'd read some of the popular literature and such, but I'd never actually met a in-the-flesh psychic. And so I was kind of curious what that would be like. And, you know, what's your first psychic, you know, is, is, is really the question. So it, <laughs> it, he turned out to be a little bit different than I anticipated, but uh, that that's it, it was a kind of a haphazard uh, meeting, yeah. And so this man, who, he, his name is Bennett, but you call him Ben. I mean, he's ben. A, a, a good, close friend of yours. Um, it, he was actually developing his skills in the healing world, unbeknownst to him, actually. They were growing and and kind of exploring right around the same time you ran into him. Is that true? Well, he, actually, at the time that I met him, he he didn't know anything about healing, and I didn't know anything about healing other than a couple of articles I had read by Bernard Grad uh, earlier, and, and Grad I think is the essentially the founder of, of research in in alternative healing, mm. and he had done some pioneering work in the fifties and sixties at McGill University in um, in Canada, and I had read some of that stuff, but past that I really didn't know anything at all about healing, and Ben at the time. Uh, didn't know anything about healing either. He was rather discovering that he, if he held something, right. he would get impressions, and he kept complaining that people kept telling him the impressions were right. <laughs> and and he didn't believe in this stuff. And I said, well, that, that, we're going to make a beautiful match here because I can design experiments which will show you that uh, the flaws in your thinking. Oh, my and gosh. And I can show you where your delusions lie. So I started to design experiments uh, to show that he was delusional, and unfortunately, I failed. Right. So you were both skeptics. And, oh, yeah. And somehow the universe brought you together in this, you know, not prepared conscious meetings, so to speak, and you ended up convincing one another uh, about the world of healing, basically. Well, I, I kind of put my faith in the in the controlled experiments, and if you put your faith in the controlled experiments and the data shows that the universe doesn't work the way you think it does, you ought to be constrained by the data, and the data constrained me. You know, I'm a little slow, but eventually I said, okay, I give up. You know, this stuff that he's doing is real. And um, it was only after that that he started to develop healing talents. So my initial reaction to him was one of just let's see if we can control this sufficiently so the psychic stuff goes away. (laughs) Having failed that, then I got another curveball, and the curveball was now he's he's starting to do healings. And, And so... I was actually the first person he ever healed, and that annoyed right. both of us. <laughs> so you had a chronic back condition. Oh, yeah, and, very, very bad. Right, and ha- so how many sessions did he have to work on you for that back pain to go away? Uh, it was probably... 
probably under 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, and that, that turned out to be a relatively rare occurrence. So that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that that was a pattern in anything that he did after. Right. Uh, most of the time, um, a, a treatment, if you will, uh, actually can sometimes increase pain, but it, it, right. it, it starts a healing process that generally takes, I mean, there's too much variation to really nail it down, but right. it, it's a process of healing. And, right. and in my case, I don't know if it was, uh, I, I actually don't know. I, I haven't seen many, in effect, instantaneous cures, but I was basically one of them. And I was the first one, so I guess he peaked in the first try. <laughs> then, he, then he went downhill after that. Because future bad backs took longer than mine, so I guess the guy's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> and and eventually he started working on people who were really quite ill, you know, cancers and other serious illnesses, with positive results. And he also began to teach you techniques. And did, did you guys actually work together, laying hands on people, or did you do it individually? After a while, we did it uh, together, but I was I was really tr- kind of detached from this, not detached in, in, in an emotional sense, but rather I was the standoffish observer to this. Mm-hmm. I, I was the guy who was supposed to give a reality check. <laughs> right. um, so, and, and, of course, I was the one who ended up being the loser because <laughs> <laughs> the reality check I thought I was giving, uh, the whole thing crumbled eventually because uh, the stuff is real. Uh, but... Um, the healings began, and we started to, particularly at my encouragement, you know, try this, put your hands on this, put your hands on that. And some things uh, responded very, very quickly, and some things responded very little, and some things responded not at all, right. frankly. Right, right. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it was curious to me. You know? right. So I watched, you know, a few hundred healings, I would say, before, and not all of them successful. So, for example... Uh, and I, I have this in, in the book. It, it, it's almost it sounds like a joke, but he had no effect on a wart. Right, right. Or the common cold, you said. Or the common. I mean, he had a little, but not better <laughs> than anything over the counter. You know? so right. If I'd rather take a pill than you know subject to, to his stuff. Uh, frankly, <laughs> if he had a cold, and if you were a wart, I, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Go to a dermatologist. Um, <laughs> right. But but some stuff responded very quickly, and it turned out that as a generic rule. Uh, malignant tumors or malignant growths responded very quickly, and benign growths did not. Oh, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. I I also find fascinating, although I'm jumping a little bit, um, is that when you started to do healing work, um, perhaps more on your own, you noticed that patients, when you were treating cancer, did really well if they hadn't had any conventional treatment. Yeah, the the failures uh, that we observed, whether it be individually or collectively, uh, all surrounded the idea of combining this with treatments that kill. And 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 this sounds facetious, but I really don't mean it to be sound facetious or or to actually be facetious. Right. And that is, I at least in my experience, healing and killing aren't a great mix. Right. Yeah. And and that's certainly not the case out there in the healing world. Right. So, for example, I know there are, uh, I'm not sure of the right term, you, you'll know this much better than me, but schools of healing mm-hmm. or, 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 or traditions or something along those lines. And, and there are certainly those people who can work with killing modalities, right. uh, such as radiation. I mean, the right. purpose of radiation is to kill cells. Right. The purpose of healing, presumably, is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what we observed was uh, that the treatments then started to treat the medical treatments mm-hmm. right? rather than the, the condition itself. Right. 
And these other traditions or schools or, again, I'm not sure the right term, um, I, I mean, I've run into a lot of people who say, oh, no, I can treat with, when people are getting radiation. And I, I just kind of look at them, scratch my head and go, well, that's interesting to me because uh, I, that was not our experience. Well, so you know, I, I, in my tradition anyway, if you call it tradition, uh, healing and killing are, are great combinations. Well, I, I think, at least from my experience, the reason why, and I was an oncology nurse, actually, before I became an energy healer, um, is that the people who are, who are sick, whatever the disease process is, when their body has a, a toxic load of some sort, if you will, you know, giving more toxicity, like chemotherapy, or there are many, many drugs on the market that can be just as toxic as chemotherapy in my mind, um, but maybe not have all the fear that most um humans place on chemotherapy, um, that actually just increases the disease process in some, you know, perspective, or at least it slows down the ability for healing energy to go in and make shifts and transitions. So I agree with you. I prefer that if someone's going to come see a healer, if they've been recently diagnosed, to please go do that first. And, and it's very challenging for, um, at least for Americans, I can't speak for other people around the world, because conventional medicine is so fearful of disease and wants us to hurry up and get Treatments and surgeries quickly done. We got to kill this stuff before it kills you, and and the body's already exhausted and tired from the diagnosis and the fear. And then we're putting things that tend to um, could potentially create more problems. So I yeah, agree with and, you. and it's very very difficult in my experience uh, to have someone in the states and Canada same thing, um, at least in the eastern parts of Canada, um, in Ontario and Quebec is is where my experience is. Uh, to get a physician's care for healing because mm-hmm. they're bound by their license, that might not be the right terms, mm. to give the traditional techniques. Right, they are, yeah. And and, and, and so, they, I mean, I've actually trained physicians in, in how to do this. And and the physicians have come to a workshop and they, they do all this, and then they get this kind of sad look in their eyes going, you know I'm not allowed to try this. Right, right. Right. Uh, I've been invited to uh, give a um, uh, to work in a very well-known hospital in Toronto, for example, uh, to do clinical trials under you know seriously controlled conditions. Uh, but the the hospital will not waive, even if the patient wants to, will not waive the obligation to do chemotherapy and radiation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are patients who would love to do this and waive. Uh, but the hospital won't allow it because of whatever regulations there are. Mm-hmm. So I've I've not been able to do a clinical trial on this yet. Oh, fascinating. Well, I, I think that's going to be happening and around the corner soon. Um, I, I do treat a lot of cancer patients who do co- conventional medicine, and I think that it, you know if, if a, the healer can be in a certain perspective about it, perhaps you know because it's such a complicated experience. I love the research that you're doing because I think it's going to help us to understand in a more factual way this kind of unseen, gray, multi-sensory, multi-dimensional world that some of us participate in every day. But I, I can say that uh, a lot of the patients who would have maybe more serious side effects from their conventional medicine don't have those when they uh, do holistic healing along with energy medicine. They seem to do very well. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so you, uh, for example, you are an example of what I was saying. There are people who obviously could do it. Uh, I've just, 
I, I haven't had success in it. And But you probably can even do a wart, so I'm not in your league. Yeah, I've done a few warts, you know. Uh, that's true. Off. Now you're showing off. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, warts are easy, yeah. Not to me. I see a wart and I start flopping on the floor in fear. <laughs> you are adorable. I am really enjoying my conversation with William Bingston. Am I saying your name correctly? Uh, Bankston. Well, first of all, it should be Bill, but Bill. Secondly, uh, the last name is Bankston. <laughs> Bankston, yeah. Bankston. And you are listening to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back taking your calls. Become a Reiki master the weekend of March 2nd through March 4th at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. Steve, a former participant, describes the workshop as deeply moving and profoundly powerful as participants become internally connected to a sacred lineage. The Reiki modality has provided me with a beautiful channel with which to focus my healing energies. I highly recommend it. Thank you, Marie. Take this opportunity to fulfill your dreams of becoming your very own certified Reiki master. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425-825-5671 or visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, for more details. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Shift your morning into overdrive with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on Alternative Talk 1150. Caffeinate your consciousness 6 a.m. weekdays with hot talk and great guests as you get your day underway with Mance and Mitchell, the most unusual radio show in western Washington. Presets adore us, snooze buttons fear us. On Friday, Tom Flisco brings a big-brained Manson Mitchell. We want to know, can science make the paranormal normal? Nowadays, you can go to just about any astrology website, type in your birth information, and download your chart. That's great, but how many of us know how to read it? Christopher Renstrom has created a course targeted for the person who's interested in astrology, but whose eyes glaze over whenever things start to get too technical and wordy. Join Christopher at his Beginning Astrology Weekend Workshop, February 25th and 26th, at the Courtyard on Lake Union. This class is perfect for those interested in learning about astrology, or perhaps even in becoming astrologers themselves one day. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. The new mainstream of talk radio, Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in actually not too cold, a little overcast, but kind of gorgeous <laughs> Seattle. And we hope wherever you are in the world that you're enjoying your weather as well, if, even if it's twilight time and only the stars are visible and not the sun. And you can listen to us at www.energyintuitive.com live anywhere, pretty much anywhere in the world. We've had callers and listeners from Spain, Serbia, Australia, 
South Africa, Canada, of course. We feel very blessed that we get people around the world who actually listen to the show and call in. And we um, thank you for that, as always. Where else can people listen to the show, Eric? Well, they can uh, visit the website, 1150kknw.com, and just click the Listen Live button. And uh, there's a couple streaming options there for you as well. Wonderful. And today I'm interviewing the author of The Energy Cure, fascinating subject, seriously, William Bankston. Welcome back to the show, William. Bill, it's lovely to have you. Thank you. Yeah, so in here you talk about Ben again, Bennett, your friend, who taught you some techniques and helped you. Together, the two of you stumbled into the world of healing um, through energy medicine. Um, You talked about, like, most of the time he didn't even charge for his cures. No, I, I don't ever remember him actually charging. He would take donations, uh, but he, he, it was really up to the person. Um, so I, I, I used to joke around with him that we were going to make you know special signs. And <laughs> you go, know, right. Special, special of the week leukemia, $15. <laughs> no, I love that. Uh, just cracked but, me but, up. Yeah, oftentimes he, there would be a cancer patient that, that did not pay the equivalent of $15. Oh, that is, that's just lovely. That's just wonderful. And so then... Well, there, there's also people who wouldn't come and, and they wouldn't be treated because he didn't have a set fee. And yeah, it, I, yeah. I don't know what... That's an interesting psychological phenomenon in and of itself uh, because they they have... Uh, I remember answering the phone. Some lady said, uh, is this so-and-so? And, you know, I said, well, he's, he's not available right now and uh, wanted to know the details. And what does he charge? And I said, uh, he doesn't charge anything. He takes donations. And she got all huffy and said, what costs nothing is work, worth nothing, and right. hung up. And isn't, hung that, up. isn't that sad? It must have a, an issue with receiving, perhaps, you know, which is challenging, I think, when we're working with people in the healing world, and maybe one of the reasons why people heal or don't heal. Because it's fascinating to me, even when I was a practicing RN, that, you know, we would have a patient that would come in with a stage two tumor, or one, let's say, stage one. And we're like, oh, good, this will be easy, you know, we're going to... Do, they're going to do a lumpectomy. We're going to get this people, this person out of the hospital. And then we have someone who's in with a stage four and we're all, you know, more concerned, more worried. We have more of a, perhaps not a, as much of an optimistic perception of their outcome. And the stage one person won't do well at all for some weird reason. And the stage four does fabulous. Yeah. And it, make, it makes me wonder about the whole art of receiving, you know, that taking in energy or medicines or love or happiness um, could have a lot to do with why some people heal and perhaps some people choose to heal in another dimension when they leave their body. Yeah, it's a a very interesting area, the variation in responses. And and it was actually among those kinds of questions and observations that drove me into the lab because I I guess I just don't have the right head for clinical practice. And so if somebody, you you put your hands on someone and they have condition X, it doesn't make any difference as long as it's not a wart. (laughs) You know, if it's a wart, that's insurmountable. But um, for simple stuff like cancer, uh, so you put your your hands on them and the cancer goes away. Um, What was it? You know, was it? Was it time to go away anyway? Was it a coincidence in time? Was it uh, they had an extra orange juice in the morning? They <laughs> forgot to take their vitamin C. They took two vitamin Cs by mistake. Uh, you know, it, it's hard, it was very hard for me to unravel. And so I didn't know what to do with that. And so that kind of drove me into the lab to try to do controlled uh, experiments. I, I know. I absolutely love this. You talk about it. You're, you're a sociology professor, actually, I think, when this happens. You're teaching. And you have two students who both were diagnosed, I believe, with breast cancer. Yeah. And and you treated one of them energetically who completely healed without any conventional medicine. Right. And then the second one didn't have any 
you know, hands-on healing, did conventional medicine, and actually, unfortunately, passed away. Yeah. And and you said in the book, I, I just love what you said, because I often think that, too. That's why a lot of times what I sh- share with people is I, I believe people heal themselves instead of taking on, you know, oh, wow, I, I did this for you. I, that's how I kind of uh, phrase it, because I have no idea exactly what worked, was it? Oh, I, I completely agree with you. Just anecdotally, yeah. um, my sense is that the healing comes from the healy. Yeah, I really believe that. I truly do. And I, and I love being able to cheerlead when a client comes in and their health condition has rapidly changed in something that they didn't anticipate. I, I give them all the credit because they're the ones who had to do the work after they left my office anyway, all, right. the, all the homework I give them. So you have this you know, situation with this one woman who I think is Lisa, the one who healed uh, with your hands-on healing, correct, the student? Right, right. right. And so that's what takes you into the lab. Was it her raw food diet? <laughs> yeah. Right? And so what happened? I mean, what was your first kind of experiment that you did? Well, again, the observation was certain things uh, were insurmountable. And, and, you know, again, it sounds like a joke, but it's not like a wart. We had no effect on a wart. Um, and some, the more aggressive the cancer, the easier it was to fix. Uh, and, and so just observing this in people, um, you know, how... How much of this is, I don't know, you know, how, how do we get this under controlled conditions? Is, does the, the healy, does it matter if they believe? Does it matter right. if they're, they're into this stuff? Does it matter? I mean, you can, you can, off the top, a whole bunch of questions can come to mind. And rather than believe anything, because I don't believe anything, <laughs> uh, I wanted to try to, con- I, I'm really not. I, I don't, no, you're I don't my kind of guy, stuff. Bill. I'm loving this. <laughs> this yeah, is I, great. I don't believe this stuff. It's just. You know, the data forces me into a corner. I throw, in the, I'll throw up the white flag only after repeated attempts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, the question was, how can we do this under control mm-hmm. conditions? And uh, we stumbled on a particular animal model of a mammary cancer because uh, a very close friend of mine at the time uh, was at City University and City University of New York, and uh, he had a bunch of favors that he could call in. Uh, And he called in the favors uh, uh, to the chair of the biology department at City University and said, we want to do a healing experiment. And, of course, the chair of the biology department thought it was the dumbest idea he'd ever heard. And uh, but in order to cash in his chits, you know, he said, "Okay, this makes us even. And they were working at the time on a very aggressive mammary cancer and had been working on it for about 20 years. So it's a standard off-the-shelf mouse model, um, and you know the mice are given cancer, and you know exactly how long they're going to live, and Mm -hmm. people have tried all sorts of things trying to get them to live longer than, you know, break the record of extending the lifespan. But the world's record living mouse was 27 days. Wow. That's it. Wow. And so there had been literally thousands of experiments on these mice. Poor things. (laughs) thousands and thousands and the record was 27 days wow and so we said okay beautiful you know let's 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 give it a go so ben was the guy who was supposed to do this because i'm not a healer and uh uh, so we ordered the mice set up the lab did all all the kinds of things you need to do and it was it was a lot of work particularly the first one you ever do and uh just as the mice came in uh ben backed out oh my gosh and um yeah, I wasn't a happy camper, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and that that's a that's a pretty strong understatement. You know, right. I I was uh, I, I blew a few gaskets, and uh, so we had mice, a lab, everything ready to roll, and we had no healer. So 
since we had no plan B, uh, I inadvertently or vertently became plan B. And Yay! So, yeah, like, you know, I felt like the village idiot uh, <laughs> sitting around putting my hands around cages of mice with cancerous tumors. Mm-hmm. And um, the short version is all the mice got cured. Ah. That makes they me their, so happy. They lived their normal lifespan and Aww. lasted two years. And nobody, no mouse ever had a recurrence and all Aww. that. Kind of that so. is a gorgeous and beautiful story. And something that I think all of us need to understand uh, in terms of how healing really works, that you know, it doesn't have to be a needle or a chemical or um, radiation rays. It can be the loving touch of another being you know, emitting energy into another being through love and compassion. It can tr- well, truly I, I make a difference. I don't know that I'd go love and compassion. I would call myself more terrified than anything else. So I was uh, scared out of my wits, uh, flopping on the floor with anxiety, not believing a single thing about this, and they were all cured. Oh, well, okay. So that means anybody could do it, which is something that you talk about, too, in the book, which we are going to talk about, but I think we should go to the phone lines. They've been full for a while, and I, I appreciate everybody waiting as we're having this great conversation with Bill. So who do we have on the Airways, Eric. Let's talk to Angela in Los Angeles. Hi. Hi, Angela. I, you know, funny coincidence, I just finished Bill Bankston's book, The Energy Cure, just yes. yesterday. Wow. And I found... You need to get better reading material, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I also have a sociology background, so I can totally appreciate the, your methodology, like what you, I'm a skeptic too. So, Good. but I'm really intrigued with energy healing. So it was just, it was really, you know, it was a great read. But anyway, um, well, my question is, I worked on myself last year uh, to be right for the right match to attract, you know, the right match for myself romantically. And I am also <laughs> writing an online dating book. It's an area that I know probably more about than anyone else I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm having trouble finishing the book. I don't, mm. I don't know if I'm just procrastinating mm. or what. Mm. Um, but, you know, I was wondering if I should complete the book or if there's a block or if I should write about something else. Mm. Well, I actually have an idea, but I'd love to hear Bill's idea because, you know, his book is actually already out. I'm holding it. Mine, I, I actually did hold one copy, but nobody else has one, I think. So, um, so Bill, do you have, like, a response for a, a blooming author in terms of finishing her book? In terms of, well, I mean, my first question would be kind of a, sound like a silly one, but do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that I should. It's almost like, I don't know if it's a public service or whatnot, but I do feel that what I have to offer in this area, like online dating, I just know so many people have just hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not enthusiastic about the subject. I just know how to get results. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know how to get people to connect um, online. Like a lot of people complain about, oh, you know, no one wants to meet me based on my profile or what I write, blah, blah, blah. I know how to get people to respond. You know, I think what Bill's heading towards is sometimes we don't want to finish a project, and I know this firsthand, because we're actually enjoying it. Even though you have a little bit of distance or discomfort about the book, I think you've enjoyed writing the majority of it. And when it finishes, then what are you going to do? I I kind of feel that I go project by project. Like mm-hmm. my main thing is comedy writing. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be known as the online dating guru. I just happen to know a lot about it. Um 
so like after I finish this project, I have a blog, and mm-hmm. I feel like optimizing that. That's more exciting for me because mm-hmm. there's more freedom for what I want to discuss. So, Bill, do you think that people don't finish things because they really don't want it out there, or they're like my idea that maybe they are worried about what they're going to do next? What do you think is like kind of like the main cause of holding on to well, that? Well, I, I, I shift because I don't have sufficient expertise in this area, I would shift it a little bit for an interesting observation that I've had. And that is, uh, you know, in the book, there's it kind of outlines some techniques for Mm -hmm. how to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And so it gives, you know, step one, step two, step three. And there's also, it sounds true, a CD set, you know, that that actually is a training course. Mm -hmm. But this is a long-winded way of saying that one of the things that you do in my crazy healing technique is to make a list of the things you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we make mental images of those things accomplished, and we go through them very, very, very rapidly when, when you have an emotion. So you don't dwell on it. It's not daydreaming. Anyway, so it's a, it's a nutty technique of extremely rapid visualization. But here comes a long-winded conclusion. If you, There are many people who think they want something, and when they put it on the list, they can't do the technique. Wow. That's fascinating. That's, that's a really interesting observation, and mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very common. So you, you, some, you ask someone to put very specific things you want on the list down. So let's mm-hmm. say yours is the, uh, the book completed. But if uh-huh. you put the book on, on the list, you can't do the technique. And, and this goes, that went to my question, do you really want to do it? And what I heard from you, and the answer was, no, you don't. Uh, because you came up with every reason of not to. Really? Yeah, you didn't say a single thing that indicated you wanted to do it. And my only test in my experience is, if you you know, trying it, at least in, again, with my nutty technique, is that sometimes you can't put something on the list. It won't work. Okay. Uh, so you, you put lists on, uh, if you put things on the list that you're, you should, you know, people tell you you should have. Uh-huh. I find people, it just crashes, and, and you can almost use this as a test of yourself. What do you really want? And and so that was the basis of my question, do you want to? I think yeah. that was absolutely perfect. And we have to take another break here on the Ray Manu Cherry Show. So we thank you so much for calling in. And I, w- I would go to that part in the book since you have it and kind yeah. of work on, uh-huh. you know, the, the situations behind it. That was brilliant, Bill. That was yeah. great. We'll thank take you. A, you're welcome. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Nowadays, you can go to just about any astrology website, type in your birth information, and download your chart. That's great, but how many of us know how to read it? Christopher Renstrom has created a course targeted for the person who's interested in astrology, but whose eyes glaze over whenever things start to get too technical and wordy. Join Christopher at his Beginning Astrology Weekend Workshop, February 25th and 26th, at the Courtyard on Lake Union. This class is perfect for those interested in learning about astrology, or perhaps even in becoming astrologers themselves one day. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path, but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. 
Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath Dr. Sheila Dunmerritt to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health, and hormones. The DVD series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. There's an exciting new astrology hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. and visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. You made it. It's 2012 and the earth didn't collapse into nothingness. So what are your plans? You could go on as you have, or you could take advantage of these expanding times and learn how to ride the wave of happiness right here, right now. Riding the wave of happiness is a two-hour class that will be taught quarterly this year, Thursday evenings at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. Come join in on the fun. Upcoming dates include March 15th and May 17th. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. Radio for your body, mind, and spirit. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I'm interviewing Bill Bangston. He's a professor of sociology at St. Joseph College in New York. In his early 20s, he received hands-on healing, ending his chronic back pain, and it completely changed his life. And now you've been doing research for about 25 years. Is that correct, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're changing all of our lives. And I have a theory behind the wart versus cancer, which uh, I think would be more fun to heal cancer than warts, personally. But I, no, the, the, the <laughs> mountain is the wart, you know, because right. uh, you're sitting there as someone who can just <laughs> smugly say anybody can do warts. You know, well, this, this, this guy can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a theory behind it. I think it's because you were meant to do research on something that has been plaguing human culture for a long time and has most humans in irretractable fear, and that is cancer, the disease of cancer. So I, I think that y- your energy systems and the people that you've come across, you don't have time for warts. You have time for things that were really most important because I, I think what eventually eradicates disease in, uh, in our society is when we are no longer terrified of it. And so when things can come to the forefront that can bring us hope and that are painless, at least for the most part, um, then we um, we begin to release release our fear, which begins to unravel the energetic connection and the universe that keeps certain diseases here for longer than they need to be, in my opinion. So that's what I think. It's um, the reason why the warts. Uh, you don't need to heal those. <laughs> well, I, I, I also suspect, to, just to add on to that, that the universe just has a weird sense of humor. It does. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and I think it's because we take life way too seriously here in the oh, universe. Yeah. Does not, you know. It, yeah. Yeah. This is our big playground. So you have this incredible experience, which kind of, you know, the, this man that came into your life that taught you some healing modalities, thank God, because you had no idea he was going to walk away from the laboratory at the very moment that you needed him most. You know? Right. And, and you were able to take those techniques and, and heal the mice of memory cancer in the first time ever in all the research that had been done on those mice, uh, which is phenomenal. And I got to live out in your lab for a couple of years. That's where I would want to be if I was a mouse. I'd want to be in your lab. <laughs> you know, eventually, though, uh, after they got uh, in some of our, uh, since they were brown mice, 
uh, as they lived, and we made sure, you know, for at least a year they wasn't coming back. I released some into the woods. Oh, thank you. That just makes me so happy. They That's probably just... only lived about an hour and a half, but uh, <laughs> I did release them singing Born Free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so adorable. So in, in so you believe that, well, I think you believe this, I don't know. Do you believe that anyone can heal or people can be trained to heal? Well, the first thing I needed to do was to replicate the experiment. So mm-hmm. I, um, just to get back in, because I have a nasty sense of humor, I the biology department chair, I used him as a subject in the next experiment. Ah. And he didn't believe in any of this stuff. And he just liked to play with fruit flies, actually. And and so I used him. I used a geologist. I used a couple of students who thought I was doing a study in gullibility. <laughs> and so I, I dealt only with uh, inexperienced, past skeptic. It was more than skeptical. These were really non-believers. Um, and so uh, then I trained them in the healing techniques, which they thought were crazy, and then each of them got some mice, and uh, they all cured the mice, too. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I just love that. So, really, I mean, I believe we all have the ability to help others heal. Just like if we have the ability to heal ourselves, which, we, you know, you and I believe is universal, then we also have that ability um, to heal others or to participate in that facilitation of healing for another person. And, and so in the CD sec, um, series that you have, you actually teach people techniques on how to do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is an interesting question. So I've, d- I've done this experiment on various types of cancer and such um, about a dozen times at this point in, in six different labs, a few medical schools and things like that. So I keep taking it on the road, trying to find the flaw in what I'm doing, and I can't find it so far. And um, uh, teaching people how to do this and such. And one of the questions I have, I think it's a really interesting question, uh, is this stuff really teachable? Mm-hmm. And I actually mm-hmm. published an article a couple of years ago entitled Can Healing Be Taught? Right. And a lot of people yelled at me for it but, <laughs> uh, because they say, you know, stop being an idiot. Of course it can be taught, and you taught people yourself. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but I never tested them before I taught them. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. No, that's, see, I love that kind of research because this helps us to understand the, because per- it's kind of a perplexing field, energy medicine. No, very uh, much. Yeah. And, and, and we just, we, we believe certain things without examining those beliefs. Mm-hmm. And since I don't have any, uh, it's easier for me to examine them. And, and so, yes, I have techniques. And yes, there's a six CD set that you can get. And it, yes, it's intended to teach you to replicate what I did, uh, but I still don't have a pre- and a post-test experiment. Uh, so maybe anybody can do this, and the techniques are irrelevant, right. and I'm the only person dumb enough to try. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually have a study, not a study, but I'm, I'm aware of a group in a uh, hospital, an alternative and complementary wing of a hospital, um, I won't even mention the state, uh, that is uh, doing a... They're training themselves with the CDs. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I think that's fascinating. And then if, if they get something, then we're going to take it to the next step. We're going to get a bunch of other people, uh, and we're going to first have them try to heal before they listen to the CDs, and then after they listen to the CDs. I love to see it. if there's anything, any value yeah, in it. Yeah, if there's a change, right? If is something, there a change? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so and you've also studied modalities around the country, I mean, around the world, you know, because there's so many different forms of hands-on healing um, yeah, and I'm not I'm not really expert at comparative stuff. Right. Uh, I, I just don't know it. 
Right. But I think, you know, those things, who's done a pre and a post? Right. You know, no, that, nobody that, that I know. Yeah. You, so you've learned X treatment technique uh, and, and something works. It doesn't right. mean that X works. Right. You know, it, it could just be that you were there. Right. <laughs> I, I have a theory, but I don't know for sure because, of course, I have my favorite modalities that I love. But yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the intention of the healer. You know, and, and again, that intention isn't necessarily to heal, but to just be in joy and contentment in their own being and with whatever's going on in their life, even if they're laying hands on someone. I think that somehow creates a vibrational shift in another person's body. But again, that's just my theory. It, it hasn't been proven. And that's that's worth testing, too. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have an editor, editorial coming out in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, I think next month, that addresses that very question. And I'm also going to suggest in that that we really don't know if intention matters. Right, right. No, I think that's great. I, I would love to. I can't wait to, to hear about that. I just think yeah. that's wonderful. So we're going to go to the phone lines. We have people on the phone. Um, and, and of course, you know, Bill's going to offer his advice if he wants to, if he's comfortable. And I'll give him my two cents as well. So who do we have, Eric? We're going to go back down to L.A. and talk to Sue. Hi, Sue. Hi, Marie. Um, I've talked to you before, and you're always so wonderful. Um, I'm trying to figure out if this is energetic or if this is in my body. Mm-hmm. I had physical therapy, and at the end of the spine, he did um, an adjustment. He said I wasn't even. Mm-hmm. What I have been feeling in the last couple of days is pain in the middle of my back, but mostly in my neck, closer to where the skull hits. Right, at the access point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's even almost a little bit in my eyes, and I'm just wondering mm. if he cool. moved too fast or mm-hmm. if an energy is trying to get in my neck because Valentine's Day <laughs> and my cat almost having to have surgery, there was a lot of stress uh-huh. also. So, uh, and I'll get to your question in just a moment. So, Bill, you know, this is a really interesting question, too. You know, when does dis-ease enter into the physical? You know, when is it purely energy, not necessarily in the vertebrae yet, let's say, or the access point um, where the skull innervates with the spinal column? Um, and have you done research on that as well or thought about it or had uh, have I've some thought cons- about it, uh-huh. and I would give your right arm for the answer. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'd easily sacrifice uh, your right arm for that uh, because it's... it's <laughs> Not it is, my think, arm. <laughs> well, I don't want to get mine, you know. I wanna, uh, so, uh, no, I, I, I think it's, a, it's an extremely important question, but, but uh, and I've thought about it abstractly uh, right. quite a bit. And, and the answer, of course, is that I, I have not done any tests on that. It would be an extraordinarily difficult thing to it try to It would be so difficult, and I find it fascinating because a lot of people who, I think what brought a lot of holistic medicine, including hands-on healing, is people who were not diagnosed by conventional medicine. They had you know, autoimmune disorders or something that's mysterious that hadn't quite shown up yet in an MRI or a CT scan, or we hadn't even figured out a diagnosis for a particular disease. You yeah, know, like, I've, I've done... I've done yeah. some non-systematic uh-huh. um, playing around with some cameras and such mm. that allege to take pictures of auras and energy fields and things mm. of that nature. Mm. Uh, but I, again, I, I stress that this is not under control conditions. And so I've played with GDV cameras. Um, I've played with Carolian photography cameras and, and, and that. And, and certainly... Whatever it is that the cameras show, you know, this glowing thing around you, um, the glowing thing gets affected first. Yeah, it does, right? And so to answer your question, Sue, yes, everything has to move into the 
into the physical reality, reality through your energy, through through your org system. Then it moves in, you know, the subatomic particles continue to move in and they can affect things. Um, when I look at, you have this interesting line right from the access point to your eyes, which is fascinating. It actually goes to the third eye, not necessarily the physical. But when I look in your brain, I can see the back of your eyes as well. And from what I know about the access point, when people are having difficulty in that area or chronic headaches, things of that nature, um, eye strain like you are, it's the third eye is being effective. And it ha- because you're not listening to yourself, you're really smart. In fact, you have a lot of beautiful multisensory intelligence. But it's funny how you tend, to, in my opinion, you tend to lower your energy and not listen to your own wisdom. And so I think it would be really fun if you spent like the next 20 minutes sometime today or tomorrow and get your energy up, like get into a happy place, even if it's just looking at flowers or thinking about the beach or sex. I don't care what it is, anything. And and then ask yourself some, you know, more open-minded, curious questions. I think that you're going to find uh, a stronger correlation between yourself and your awareness that's going to make the discomfort go away. Thank you. You're welcome. And best of luck and keep me posted on that, too. I will. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So who else do we have on the phone lines, Eric? All right. Let's uh, go cross country and talk to Joanna in Connecticut. Great. Hi, Joanna. Hi. Hi. We have Bill here, um, the author of The Energy Cure. You have a question today? Yes. Um, I'm very sensitive to what I eat emotionally and physically. And um, over the years, I mean, I've been aware of this for probably at least 20 years. And over the years, I've seen excellent healthcare practitioners and have really approached it from a very holistic point of view and have tried eating different ways. And for the last two years, I've been predominantly eating um, just like raw fruits and uh, raw greens and veggies uh, only, very low fat. And once in a while, I'll have cooked, I don't know, like maybe sweet potatoes and veggies. And lately, I've been having a hard time even staying on that. So that diet seems to work better for me than anything else, but not perfect. And um, I've been having a hard time with that lately and also just having some doubts about it. And so I'm really, uh, my question's kind of two parts. Like, what do you sense is the best way for me to eat, if you can tune into my energy field? And what um, do you think are the maybe the emotional and spiritual roots of this? Mm-hmm. Because I do approach things from a very holistic perspective, uh, physical, emotional, spiritual. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, I'm willing to eat any way. (laughs) Tell me what it is. But even there's part of me that resists it because I want to be more normal and be able to travel easier and go out Uh to dinner with friends and, Uh you know, but... So you before get my question. How oh, no, I, I, eat? I, I get your question. I think it's lovely. And before I answer, give my perception of it, um, when, when Bill and I were off air, we talked about um, people's perception in the mind. And, and so in your work, Bill, in your research, have you noticed that how a human being thinks affects what's going on in their body? Well, I mean, at this point, I don't think it's, it's reasonable to suggest otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean we know how it affects. Um, that was among the interesting things with the animal work. I, I don't think they were yeah. believers or disbelievers, right. and I don't think that they were. I mean, certainly we gave them cancer, you know, so it wasn't <laughs> even their fault. So right. um, uh, they're hanging around, and this lunatic, you know, gives them cancer. Um, uh, but it turns out that that this kind of an approach. These people heal faster. 
yeah. or these types. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, we, you and I off air had talked a little bit about detachment. And I think that it, there's a detachment is in there someplace. I don't think, uh, and, and this is a little bit heretical, I don't think that belief helps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think belief in healing helps. No, I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I think agree. That, but I, I mean, I've gotten some flack for that, but I, I don't think it helps. You know, in, in, I think the mouse has the right attitude. Right, right. Well, uh, uh, so the mouse is there going, okay, well, if you've got something to offer me, I'll take it. And, right. and I think that something analogous to that in people seems to anecdotally uh, be the, my observation of the best healing results. Right. So, uh, and even people who come in and say, you know, I think this is all a, a crock, uh, but what, you know, what the hell, do it. Uh, they they get better very fast. I know that's my favorite. You know, the person who just thinks you're whatever. Like I, I you know, I, most of my probably seventy percent of the clients I see are women, and thirty percent are men. And and some of those men are their wives made them come to see me. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. And and yeah, they feel better after they leave. That something changes physically or whatever their situation is. Because I don't even want to know why they're coming to see me. I don't want to have any awareness. I would like to look at it from my own perspective and right. and try to make some assessment of what's going on with them. So Joe. Joanna, do you see where we're heading here? And and so I'll make it a little bit clearer, but you're very smart. I'm in your brain. And when I'm in people's, I get metaphors about the human body and what's going on. And when I'm in your brain, I see a, a very big library, library, which is a metaphor to me that you're a very intelligent person. And, and I mean that in terms of intellect as well. You know, you're smart. And you, when you get focused on something, you get highly focused on it. All your energy goes to it. So it's exhausting your energetic system, by the way, number one. And you're, you continue to manifest and pull from what you're focusing on. So you are focusing on your diet, the lack of it, the problem of it, um, all the circumstances regarding whatever you're focused on. And you're really smart about it, too. You know what I mean? You're really smart about health and nutrition and holistic everything. And there's a fear factor. You're afraid. So you're afraid and you're focusing on these things based on fear and you're attracting that into your life. So I think until you can learn to let go of those things and learn to see yourself as healthy and well and reduce your fear, it may not matter what you eat. It might not work the way you want it to. Okay. What do you think about that? I don't know because I go through a lot of times where I'll start to feel great if I'm being like really adhering to my diet and I feel like, oh, I can eat other things. I'm doing really great and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really good and then... I'll eat some other things and be really happy that I'm eating them, but then it ha- it really has a huge impact on... But, uh, but here's what I think. I mean, that's wonderful. That's great. That's great that you're having those experiences and you're having some disconnect from the symptoms. That's wonderful. But that you haven't really addressed the overlying fear. You're, you have a moment of repri- reprival from it, but then you go right back to it because the underlying vibration that you're having in your body is about fear and mostly about holistic healing and health. You're scared about all kinds of things, even conventional medicine. Um, so... That's what I think. And I unfortunately we're running out of time, so I'm not gonna hey, be able to you just tell me, can people have animal spirit guides? Uh, you or... bet. They can look like anything. They can look like okay. anything. Thank you so much okay. for calling thank in. Thank you. And Bill, thank you so much. I could talk to you for hours. You are just <laughs> wonderful. Uh the energy cure. I think it's a fabulous book. I hope everybody runs out and gets it. And then your CDs to learning um, modalities for helping others to heal. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for thank coming you. on the show and I look forward to interviewing you again. Thank you. Alrighty, righty. Bye-bye. And next week, we will have um, Sue Frederick on the air, and she is the author of I See Your Soulmate. Until then, joyful blessings. Bye-bye.